Ignition sequence start. See, Elijah Wan has David Robinson just bamboozled. Kelly out of the corner for three hitters. Don't ever underestimate the heart of a champion. The Houston Rockets select Yao Ming. McGrady at the buzzer. Yeah! Thompson steps right, shoots for the win of three, and got it! I know what we need to do. I know exactly what we need to do. Russell Westbrook, James Harden. I know what's at stake. It's going to be scary. Not for us. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Launchpad Podcast, presented by Clutch City Control Group, your home for all things Houston Hoops. I'm one of your hosts, Britt, and you can find me on Twitter at Britt Robotista. I'm a contributor at Clutch City Control Room, as well as my new podcast, Step Back Sisterhood. You can find Step Back Sisterhood at Step Back Sisters. Be sure to follow the official Clutch City Control Room account at Clutch City CR, as well as hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate it. So, I was on here a couple of days ago to discuss... The various moves related to the Rockets, the grievances that were raised by a number of former teammates of, well, current teammates, sorry. I I shouldn't assume that Harden and Westbrook are going to leave, but with all the trade speculation and other sort of worries and concerns, it's been pretty difficult and rough for me to have optimism. But for today's show, I wanted to talk about... Three separate but very much related topics. First, I'll talk about the Rockets draft night results. I'll then, in the second segment, discuss what has happened as a result of some of the moves that Raphael Stone, new GM of the Houston Rockets, has made for the Rockets. And in the third segment, I'll be talking in more detail about Tillman Fertitta and my thoughts about him and sort of the process related to that. So let's get started. The Rockets actually had a draft night. I was definitely shocked. Right as we were finishing recording of the show and we had wrapped up About 30 minutes later, we received news of several surprising trades that happened with the Rockets. And I think it's probably worth talking about those before we talk about the rest of draft night. So Robert Covington, you know, the outstanding forward for the Rockets who played for about 28 games, has now been traded to the Portland Trail Blazers for the 16th pick of the 2020 draft. And the Rockets received, along with that 16th pick, Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza. I suppose he received the apology. Um, I'm only alleging because we don't really know and we won't know because less than 36 hours later he was quickly traded to the Detroit Pistons uh, along with four million dollars of the allocated amount that the NBA gives to each teams for a future heavily protected second round pick in 2021. We thought that nothing else would happen tonight and I think you know, in the second segment, I will talk about what happened in that gap between the time that we heard that the 16th pick was traded, which actually went along with Trevor Ariza, since I didn't mention that. But we, you know, in the spare time, there was a lot of drama that was going on. But I, I want to skip to the part that we were actually pretty shocked about is that with eight picks left in the draft, number 52, we heard an announcement that the Rockets had picked a player, 
I think we were all shocked since the Rockets, as everyone is aware, does not have picks and did not have picks until the last 24 to 48 hours when we initially received Trevor Reason, that 16th pick. And when the 16th pick went away as a result of the trade with the Detroit Pistons, I, I think everyone assumed that it would not be there anymore. But surprise of all surprise, the Rockets were able to buy a pick. So that pick is actually someone who has a history, or at least through his father, in the NBA. K.J. Martin, um, Kenyon Martin Jr., is the son of former Denver Nugget, um, as well as several other teams, Kenyon Martin Sr. Um, we heard this information from Tim McMahon about this trade. Sources. Um, according to Tim McMahon, Rockets traded the Lakers' 2021 second rounder brought, bought from Detroit for $4.6 million and an extra $1 million to acquire the 52nd overall pick used to select Kenyon Martin Jr. I am not the most biggest uh, fan of the NCAA, and because of March Madness not happening, I have even... I had even less reason to actually watch the NCAA this season, but I did some research about KJ Martin, and I want to at least give some brief overview about um, who he is. So KJ Martin is a six-seven guard who deferred from college and attended IMG Academy. Who, that's a prep school. But before he deferred um, college, he was actually um, selected and was committed to play at Vanderbilt. According to reports, he's a raw talent, but he also has strengths in shooting, passing, and ball handling in space. Um, that wasn't all the news when it came to new additions to the Rockets roster. In addition to the selection of KJ Martin, the Rockets picked up 6'5 guard Mason Jones from Arkansas on a two-way contract as an undrafted free agent. I did a little bit of research for him as well, and he led the SEC in scoring the past season. And it looks as though both Jones as well as Martin will be with the Vipers as development players for most of this upcoming season. Of course, this depends on any free agency moves that may happen in the next few days. So um, you may be wondering my thoughts. I, I think for the draft night, it was okay. I, I think for a first-time GM and Raphael Stone who did not have any draft picks this time last week for him to be able to one you know initially get a first round pick where we were all excited at least for 24 hours until it was traded and then be able to use the monetary allotment that was initially going to sit there and actually expire in about two days um, after the free agency window opened. It's pretty surprising. Um, we actually have not and will continue to not have picked in the first round since good old Sam Decker in 2015. Yes, it 
is that long ago. But to be able to have a selection in either the first or second round was pretty surprising and actually a pl pleasant surprise. I, I think the question that we have to keep in mind is, what are the next steps for the Rockets now that they've created a substantial trade exception as a result of all the moves in the last 48 hours? I, I want to talk more about that, but first I wanna take a quick break. In a moment, we'll be discussing more about their options and why Rockets fans, especially myself to be honest, may be circumspect as to what will happen as the free agency window opens on Friday. We'll be back in a moment. And we're back here at the Launchpad, presented by Clutch City Control Room, where we're now going to discuss the other result of the Covington to Ariza to second round pick trade. That's, of course, trade exceptions. So, in between the time the Rockets were spending their remaining $1 million of the original approximately $5 million cast allotment for the year, Rockets fans, including myself, were agonizing at the results of the salary dump by the Rockets to Detroit. Albert Namad, who is a great follow on Twitter, he reported that Trevor Ariza's $12.8 million salary for 2021 is $1.8 million guaranteed. For Portland to complete Houston's trade for Covington, they'll need to increase the guarantee to $9 million, but it increases in full on eleven twenty before Detroit can take him in. So Houston will get $12.8 million trade exception and Detroit will take on his full salary. So why are folks like myself agonizing? Because the Rockets have a history of creating trade exceptions and actually not executing a trade to fill them. The last two to three seasons, the Rockets have created multiple trade exceptions as part of the Chris Paul trade, as well as the Carmelo Anthony trade that have never materialized to a player of any caliber. And as everyone is aware, with Harden and Westbrook in the throes of trade requests, this trade exception has one or two definite resolutions. One, the Rockets can actually use the trade exception to likely attain a quality big to work with Harden and Westbrook um, since the team has reported and mentioned that they're willing to become uncomfortable with the both of them unless they receive a full star and cornucopia of picks. Um, I mean, it is almost Thanksgiving, so let me use that for a second. Or option two, the Rockets blow everything up trade Harden and Westbrook, and let the trade exception die like many other occasions. We will have to watch and see how Raphael Stone and Rockets owner Tillman Fertitta use this space. There are a number of serviceable bit to really good bigs that are on the market starting Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Houston time. My favorite from this list is free agent big man Kristen Wood from the Pistons. The Rockets have the ability to do a sign-in trade with Detroit and obtain Wood's bird rights as well. His size and play style will fit in with the changes that Steven Silas has hidden throughout the first set of interviews he has done as Rockets head coach. Um, he's been one of my favorite players to watch on the Pistons, even though the Pistons have quite frankly have been awful for the last few years. And it would be outstanding to have a big who can potentially shoot and provide some of the spacing that the Rockets need, but also be big enough to get the rebounds that were, you know, quite frankly, missing as the Rockets traded, you know, Clint Capello away. But besides Wood, there are also folks like Serge Ibaka 
a very very well known name and po- popular free agency target with the with Rockets fans. Of course, he is most well known as being running buddies with Harden and Westbrook during their first time together in Oklahoma City and has recently won a championship in Toronto with the Raptors. He is now a free agent and some folks have sort of had some indications that Serge is potentially looking at Houston as a target, but who knows with all of the drama and messiness with the team, if he's even interested anymore. Um, Not to mention if Harden and Westbrook are going to be traded, then the Serge Ibaka situation is definitely at a point where it's not going to happen. So I I won't necessarily get folks hopes up, but it's definitely a possibility with a full non-taxpayer MLE as well as a player trade exception that was generated as a result of the Ariza trade over to the Pistons. And I guess related to that, that's why we have to look to see if the Rockets are going to blow the team up or not. That will determine a whole lot of things and the first indications of this will definitely happen on Friday. So speaking of the Rockets potentially blowing up the team, coming up in the final segment, I want to take a quick walk through the last two months of this messy Rockets situation and explain why my pessimism has grown about Tillman Fertitta's ownership of the Houston Rockets. And we're back here for the third and final segment of the Launchpad podcast presented by Clutch City Control Room. If you're enjoying the show, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to the show. And please give us positive ratings as well. We would greatly appreciate it. As mentioned before the break, I wanted to talk quickly about the timeline that has been gathered since the news that broke Tuesday morning that James Harden had initially requested a trade substantially longer than previously believed, as well as the Rockets attempting to sway him with a $50 million per year contract, um, $103 million over the course of two years to be precise. It That would have been the largest extension in NBA history until James Harden rejected it. On Twitter, where I tend to hang out, you know, most likely too much, I created a timeline based on this new knowledge as well as speculation as to what may have happened with the new information and the developments that Harden had been requesting to be traded from Houston for a while. I won't bore you all with all the details. Um, You can definitely read that on my Twitter. That's at Brit Robotista. That's B-R-I-T-R-O-B-O-T-I-S-T-A. But the biggest line I have seen as I've been researching this timeline is one particular person. Tillman Fertitta. I think we can all agree that the Rockets trade for Chris Paul was not great because of the additional substantial assets provided to the Thunder in its wake. I think everyone can at least give some respect that During the 18-19 season, Chris Paul came in out of shape or out of basketball shape as well as he was continuing to be injury prone. Over the course of two seasons, he was out because of injury almost as much time as he was playing games. And that definitely irked and quite frankly frustrated James Harden. 
But I think regardless of how we feel about Chris Paul being traded, the amount of assets that were included in the trade, um, partially, and I guess I would say mostly because of the swiftness that Tillman and Harden decided on trading Chris Paul, hindered the Rockets in the long run to be able to go after valuable role players as well as potential stars that can match with Harden and Westbrook. I I think frequently about if Tillman would have spent the luxury tax at least one season, what could have happened if that happened? You know, even though I find Trevor Ariza's remarks that he wanted an apology about his, you know, about the respect level that they gave to him when Trevor Ariza ultimately went over to the Phoenix Suns, the one thing that can't be said, or that the one thing that should be said is that it was extremely disappointing that Tillman decided not to even try to match the offer that was given to the Phoenix Suns. That's probably what hurt Trevor Reese's ego a lot more than what actually happened with him signing with the Phoenix Suns itself. And that's just one example of many of where Tillman has dictated to, you know, formally um, Daryl Morey, GM of the Rockets, and now the vice president of basketball operations for the Philadelphia 76ers. And now it looks as though he's also dictating to Raphael Stone to not hit the luxury tax in for any reason whatsoever. Although we can say that there were plenty of small to larger things that could have happened. The one thing we should think about is this. Tillman's respect for many, including myself, hinged largely on how and or if he uses the non-taxpayer MLE, the biannual exception and or traded player exception that is going to be able to be used in the next few days. This team is now at a crossroads, and the draft did nothing to clarify the road that will be taken. But as I mentioned in the first segment, Tillman can either learn from his failures of micromanagement and allow for his new GM, Raphael Stone, to address the issues the Rockets have via free agency with with the multiple exceptions that have been generated as a result of trades over the last few years. Um, well, the last few months. Um, or he can force the team to avoid the luxury tax once again and likely permanently, as dictated by reports by Kelly Eco and David Aldridge of The Athletic. If it's the latter, he, um, he may say that he's hell-bent to avoid the luxury tax, but fans and critics of him will also be hell-bent to call for him to sell the team. Ultimately, I guess we'll know in the next few days how this story will turn out. And that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you appreciate the consistent digital and podcast breakdowns, analysis, speculation, guest voices, and camaraderie of our team, please consider clicking the link in the description to check out one of our monthly Patreon subscription options. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back on our next episode of the Launchpad Podcast, covering your Houston Rockets.